The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Let's roll, baby. It is a Friday edition of New York, New York with yours truly, J.J. Jonsi-Stremski. And let's give one big round of applause. One more standing ovation for the American League most valuable player, Sir Aaron Judge. It's the worst kept secret in the world. It's probably going to go down as the greatest Bet on yourself year that I can remember, maybe outside of Joe Flacco when he did his thing for the Baltimore Ravens and won a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl MVP and then proceeded to get 100 plus million dollars. That was a hell of a bet on it kind of year. But Aaron Judge has done exactly that for the New York Yankees. Look, he turned down 200 plus million dollars at the end of March. And I think for a lot of us now looking at it objectively, You say, oh, man, the Yankees, they dropped the ball because of the year the judge had. But let's go back in time and let's acknowledge where we were at the end of March. I thought that was a fair contract. I thought that was a reasonable contract. The durability concerns, judge's age. He said, nah, I could do better. Well, guess what? He's going to do a lot better. It's the greatest Yankee season I've seen in my lifetime. It is the greatest New York sports season I have seen in my lifetime. And now it's time for Aaron Judge to get paid. Simple as that. I am encouraged by the fact that Anthony Rizzo is back. I think Hal Steinbrenner being as public as he has been about the want and the desire for Aaron Judge to be a New York Yankee and talking about 
captainship and talking about, you know, Yankee for life, that sort of deal. I think it's going to get done. Could it get dicey? Sure. Could it get hairy? Absolutely. But I think Aaron Judge wants to be here. And I think the Yankees know they want him here. Aaron Judge's got to win the ultimate prize. He comes back and signs that big contract. Because right now, that's a part of the hardware that is not there. He might have gotten screwed. Well, he might have. He definitely got screwed out of that MVP in 2017 with Altuve. But now he's won his MVP. And he had a record-setting season. Go pay him. I've said it countless times. Go pay him, go pay him, go pay him. I'm not going to read too much into what you watched on MLB Network today. I, I mean, talk about a waste of time. That was the definition of a waste of time, sitting there for four or five minutes, uh, just waiting for Aaron Judge to get announced. And so much for Otani winning the award. Listen, Otani's a freak. He's a special talent. He's a special player. The Anaheim Angels this year won, wait for it. The Anaheim Angels won 73 games. You had Aaron Judge on a 95-plus win Yankee team that would have fallen apart in August and in September without him. Wouldn't have won a division. Who knows? Maybe they don't even make the postseason. Set an American League record for home runs. And basically, Furton with a triple crown. What, what do you think? They're going to give it a Shohei Otani, please? Anybody who was making that case and that argument didn't watch a minute of New York Yankees play this year. It's really as simple as that. So good for Aaron Judge. And the banner 2022 is going to continue because I don't know if it's going to be at the end of this year or it's going to be early next year. A monstrous, monstrous contract awaits. And we'll see if it's going to be with the New York Yankees. So Judge is the MVP. We wait on his deal. We wait on DeGrom's deal. We wait on all the baseball deals for that matter. This is a gigantic weekend of local NFL football. And it is so damn refreshing to know that it's the weekend before Thanksgiving and the Jets and the Giants are playing monstrous games. The Lions-Giant game, it's intriguing. The Lions are spunky. They've won two in a row. They can move the ball. The point spread tells you it's going to be a tight game. The Giants could be a little bit of a trap game with Dallas on Thanksgiving Day and a bunch of division games coming up right after the Thanksgiving holiday. Yeah, this is a sandwich trap spot. But it's an appetizer spot here in New York City. And the reason it's an appetizer spot is because the Jets going to New England to take on the Patriots to me, is one of those turning point type of games in the season. The Jets have surprised a lot of people at 6-3. and three. The defense has been great. The coaching has improved. They've done it with not a whole lot out of the quarterback. And they're coming off their win of all wins against the Buffalo Bills a couple weeks ago. Well, now they take on a team that beat them a few weeks ago. They take on a team that has owned them for the better part of 20 years. Belichick. And that stadium, Richard Seymour said it last year, want to come back for the retirement ring of honor ceremony to the homecoming game against the Jets. Well, it's time to put that to bed. Right here, right now, Sunday at 1 o'clock. 
the New England Patriots are not anything to write home about offensively. They spunk you on defense. They can run the ball with Stevenson. Mac Jones has played terribly. The Patriot offense is not scored. If the Jets play a clean game and the defense does its job, they should win this game. Talent-wise, the Jets are better. I can't believe I'm saying it, but it's true. The Jets have more talent than the New England Patriots. But you have to slay this dragon. This game means so much because I know there's a lot of football left. Look at tiebreakers. Look at the AFC, specifically look at the AFCs. If the Jets win, they're 7-3. They, they have a win over Buffalo. They have a win over Miami. They lead the division. A win against the Patriots, and you can legitimately fantasize about the fact that the Jets can go win this division. You lose this game, you're 6-4. and four. You're back to the pack. You will allow New England to move ahead of you. And you're going to have to contend with them for tiebreakers. It's the sort of game where I'd argue, Jets win, they're making the playoffs. Jets lose, not so sure they're making the playoffs. There's a whole lot on the line. There is a whole lot at stake come Sunday at 1 o'clock. And I can't wait to watch it unfold. The Giants, you don't want to lose this game to Detroit. But even if they do, they're still in good position. They get to 10 in the NFC. They're an absolute stone-cold lock to make the postseason. They have nothing to worry about there. The bigger game this week in New York is for the Jets. Giants try to avoid the trap. Jets trying to avenge a whole lot of demons. And I'm not trying to say this uh, in a derogatory way. A lot of ghosts taking on the Patriots. Are we talking about putting a lot of these ghosts to bed come Sunday? Fascinating game. Fascinating, fascinating game. It's a really good slate of games. Dallas, Minnesota at 4 o'clock is awesome. Chargers and Chiefs at night. Steelers, Bengals is interesting. A lot of good football weekend before Thanksgiving. Really a great, I always love the weekend before Thanksgiving because you know the food's coming. You know the holidays are coming. And it's, it's full swing, full tilt, balls to the wall NFL. And I absolutely love it. Now, real quick before we take a couple of calls. A lot of people, myself included, thought the Knicks were going to go out on this West Coast trip and get absolutely bludgeoned after what happened Sunday against Oklahoma City. They win the game against Utah. Very impressive performance. Yesterday, they're down in the fourth quarter. They come storming back. Randall had a fantastic fourth quarter. Had a fantastic game. And credit Tom Thibodeau. R.J. Barrett was playing like crap. R.J. Barrett couldn't hit a shot. Thibodeau had R.J. Barrett on the bench for the final couple minutes of the game. And the Knicks pull it out. I know Jokic didn't play, but they went back-to-back games on this meaty, meaty West Coast trip. So, Knicks needed that. You know, they're they're a 500 team. We could question the direction of the franchise I have. Um, Pretty crystal clear on that. I I don't love where they're at as a franchise. I'm not all of a sudden saying, let's uh, start waving pom-poms that they won a couple of games here. But, it kind of gets everybody off of Tibbs back a little bit. It gets everybody off the teams back a little bit. And it can kind of allow this NBA season to go marinate as they take on the struggling, scuffling 6-9 and nine Golden State Warriors on Friday night. So good couple wins for the Knicks. 
good couple of wins. And those Durant comments the other day. Kevin, we get it. The team doesn't have a whole lot of talent. When you're getting coach fired, when you're basically orchestrating what the roster looks like in a lot of different ways, you got to pipe down. You got to pipe down. Nobody wants to hear you. Nobody. And I mean, nobody wants to hear the woe is me from Kevin Durant. All right. Uh, before we hit our football Friday regulars, let's do some voicemails. 917-382-1151. And we'll have a ton of voicemails coming uh, Sunday after the games. All right, Steph, let's hear them. JJ, Dave and Queens, Monday afternoon here. Congratulations on Tua. Again, another MVP performance. Perfect system, perfect game plan, perfect weather, perfect weapons, perfect um, symmetry, perfect everything going on over there in Miami. Congratulations. You know, I'm the Chargers guy a long time in my 50s. And it's um, Herbert had another um, tough uh, matchup yesterday. They hit him again, San Francisco, um, just like Casey hit his ribs in week two. And um, they'll get it together over there. But right now, giving you kudos and congratulations on your team. Keep it up because I am rooting for you and your division and your boy Tua, and he is looking great. And enjoy that. You deserve it. Revel in it, my friend. I got no beef against Miami right now. Anyway, later, my brother. Dave, I appreciate that sentiment. And Dave is one of my longtime callers. He's a big Los Angeles Chargers fan. And I vividly remember the conversation we had on draft night in 2020, where we talked about Tua becoming the potential face of the Miami Dolphins and Justin Herbert becoming the potential face of the Los Angeles Chargers. And the first two years of their respective careers, it looked like Herbert was leaps and bounds, statistically speaking, better than Tua. Well, you're seeing a little bit of a market correction this year. Now, if we're talking physical gifts, Justin Herbert has Tua beat in the physical gift department. He's a bigger guy. He's a stronger guy. The arm is bigger. He's a little bit more mobile. All true. You know what Tua has? It. That's what I felt when I watched him at Alabama. It's what I'm seeing now with the Miami Dolphin team. There is a charisma, an it factor to the way he is playing the position, and it's fun to watch. He's completing 75% of his passes. He's not turning the ball over. The Dolphins are an offensive wagon. Tua is a legitimate MVP conversation. He's in it. And I may have a whole lot of receipts saved. He can't play. He's a backup. Stinks. Bah, bah, bah. Mm, I made a mental note. I know who you are. And hopefully the Miami Dolphins just keep racking up the wins. I'll enjoy the bye week this week, but just let them keep racking up the wins. So I appreciate that, Dave. And the Dolphins will play the Chargers. Big game. Middle of December. Big, big game with some major ramifications. Hopefully. All right. Who's next? Hello, JJ. This is Brando from Queens, Kew Garden, Queens. Um, JJ, I've, I've, I've heard your podcast on Sunday about, uh, about the Knicks, and I heard your rant about the Knicks about giving 145 points. Um, and, uh, and also, uh, benching Jalen, benching, uh, Barrett instead of, uh, instead of Randall, which he should have benched Randall. Thibodeau should have benched Randall. But JJ, I'm looking at the standings right now and looking at the scores tonight. Uh, the Celtics gave up 122 points to OKC today and Shea just, just another great performance, 37 points again. Toronto, uh, Toronto 7-7. They gave up 133 points to Shea and the Thunder. I, I, I believe, I think Thibodeau is getting too much of a harsh 
very harsh, harsh, which in, in, in old reality, um, he should get criticized because of the lineup. He has played over 12 players. You need to cut that down to at least nine, nine to 10 players. There's too many, there's too many players in the rotation right now. But, uh, but yeah, uh, the OKC is playing really good right now, you know, and, and I understand that we, we, we gave up 145 points in, in, in regulation, not even in the overtime or triple overtime. Uh, it was just a bad call on Tibbs. And I think it was a message to the front office because Tibbs did not want Foyer. Uh, he did not want, I forgot the other player he didn't want either. Um, but the thing is, I think Tibbs is a mastermind. He needs some time to figure out the lineups. He, he now trusts his OB. He trusts his Cam. So, and I think in a matter of time with this five game road trip is our first games against Utah Jazz. And I think we will beat them. We will be 500. And, uh, my prediction is we will be 44 and 30, 38 or four around that, around that. We get to be very mid how this new generation calls it mid. <laughs> Um, in due time, I think we, we, hopefully we'll be in the playoffs or in the play-in, but, uh, but yeah, SGA is, is amazing. Just uh, dropped another 37 point game right now, you know? All right, JJ, have a good one, man. Let's go Syracuse. Let's go Orange. Well, I appreciate that call. Syracuse is still looking at wounds from the Colgate debacle the other night. Maybe Jimmy Beheim should stop scheduling Colgate. I, I don't know. I mean, that, that, that was, uninspiring to say the least. I didn't even expect to go there, but you brought up the cues. SGA is a player. You know, you watch him over the last seven games, he's putting up monster numbers with the Thunder. That doesn't excuse the Nick performance from Sunday, but you have to be fair and give yourself some credit. You called earlier in the week predicting a win against the Jazz. You were right. They take on the Nuggets. They win. Now you're at the point if they could get one more on this road trip. Very tough, very tricky West Coast road trip. You feel pretty good about things. All things considered. And it's not about where the Knicks are at as a franchise and, you know, the long-term view and the long-term prism, but the here and now. Win a couple of these games stabilizes things, and that's exactly what they needed after that game on Sunday because you couldn't let it go and get out of control, and it could have. It easily could have on this road trip. Last but not least, let's hear it, Steph. JJ, it's Anthony uh, in Syosset. Listen, I usually call about the Yankees. There's nothing to say right now. I mean, the Yes Network did air that hot stove uh, where Meredith interviewed Hal Steinbrenner. Uh, I, I, I mean, God help us if you heard it. God help us if you heard the man stutter through the interview. My God in heaven. Um, Giants playing well. Obviously, that's a game that they needed to win. They won. Um, there's talk about a possible tailgate for the Eagles game. I think that's December 11th. I'll let you know. Uh, but the real reason I'm calling JJ, I, I can't, I, I, I can't praise enough your weekly spots with Beningo, with the Pickham, the old school, new school. It's must listen for me on Fridays. It's a must listen spot. My one suggestion, and it's only a suggestion because you have uh, an all world producer there. Maybe we put some music in the background while you guys are making the picks. You know, I mean, I'll let the producer pick the music, but maybe, you know, we add, we add a little element in the background. Uh, it can be whatever he deems, um, you know, most effective for the spot. But as good as that segment is, if it's missing anything, and th- and that's a big if. 
I think it's a little background music for you and the legend that is Joe B. So have a great week. God bless. Um, and I'm looking forward to the spot this Friday. Thank you. And thank you, producer Stefan. Well, I appreciate that. Syosset. Now in the old days, back when I grew up listening to the best to ever do it, Mike and Chris, they used to have the NFL films music. We would do that when I would do the picks with the great Harris Allen, the great Mike Flegelman when I worked over at WFAN. I don't know what the rights may be over here, where if I put it under us, would we get in trouble with that? I have no idea. I don't want like music with lyrics. It's distracting. I don't want it to distract Joe. I don't want it to distract me. If you want to give me a little autumn wind or you know classic battle, those vintage NFL music, NFL films, type of songs, I'd be in. But I I mean, as far as the legality of it, that's where we could get ourselves in a little bit of trouble. But good call. A ton of voicemails on Sunday after the game, so make sure you get them in right after your team plays. So Giants and Jets play at 1 o'clock. Get them in by 5, 6 o'clock, and then we'll rip them Sunday night after the 4 o'clock games. Speaking of Joe Beningo, a Football Friday regulars, Joe B, Art Dice, Jason Katz, Triple Threat is up next. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Jedi are being murdered. On June 4th, Star Wars returns only on Disney+. Plus. I didn't do it. Believe me. She was my student. Let me be the one to bring her in. Now she is a student of the dark side. An acolyte. Star Wars The Acolyte. Two episode premiere June 4th, only on Disney+. Plus. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with a 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. It is now time for the week 11 edition of Old School, New School. The boys are hot. Joe Beningo is here. And Mr. Beningo, this is the biggest game your team has played in a long, long time the weekend before Thanksgiving. I had Adam shine on on Tuesday. Give him credit. Owned up to 0-7. Thinks you guys have a good chance to make the postseason. I'm right there with him. Let me throw this at you before we do the picks. Jets win Sunday. They have an excellent path to the postseason. Joe, am I crazy in saying if they lose Sunday because of what it means, because of what it does for New England, 
it really puts them in a... I'll say this. Jets win Sunday, they're making the playoffs. Jets lose Sunday, I'm not so sure they're making the playoffs. Do you agree with that? Uh, not particularly. Okay. I mean, I still think they're in... I still would put them in, in good position at 6-4. and four. You know, the schedule's not easy. That's but, my thing, Joe. Schedule's but, very challenging. But it is. But if they win the three home games that they should win, Detroit, Chicago, Jacksonville, that puts them at nine, which means that just get me one more win somewhere, you know, and I think that, you know, and that puts Because them 10, 10 so. is the magic number. Right, my right. fear is, though, right. with this New England game, if you lose to New England, and we're talking about all these tiebreakers that are out there, that really puts them in a position to get in, and they're going to have not one but two wins over the Jets. But here's, here's the thing. There's still, you know, again, there's still a lot of football to be played, seven games. The Patriots got to play Minnesota on Thursday and Thanksgiving night. They got two games left with Buffalo yet. You know, there's, you know they got to play your team again. There's a lot of, you know, you know what I'm saying. There's just a lot of football to be played. I mean, we're still going to be six and four if we lose that, that game. And, and you know, two and two in the division. So I'm not, look, I don't, I don't plan on losing because I look at this. This is the game that will turn everything. I'm telling you right now, they win this game. I think not only would they make the playoffs, they're going to win the division. Wow. Okay. Okay. Of the division. And I think if they win this game, there's no looking back. There's no looking back. I I think they're on their way. They're on their way to 11, 12 wins and and the division title. Uh, It seems like, and, you know, I, I read you pretty well. I know you pretty well. You seem pretty confident going into this game. Would you agree with that? I feel pretty good about it. I do. I do. Uh, as far as I know, no, no jets went to Cabo and, uh, gotten any, as far as you know, of. well, I mean, we would have heard about it already. I mean, you know, let's be honest. Maybe, maybe not. And, well, uh, yeah, I doubt maybe not. Uh, you know, I think we would have heard about it. Uh, I feel good also to get healthy. I, I don't know if Corey Davis is playing. I know he's day to day. It looks like Mitchell's going to start at right tackle. Now, uh, you got James Robinson another week to learn the playbook, you know, and all of that. And I think they they learned to let look. Here's the one thing I will say too: when you talk about if they did lose to the Patriots, they bounced right back and, and beat the Bills. So I, you know, I, I this is a different team now. I, I really this team believes in itself. Uh, I love what Zach said after they beat Buffalo. Where he said, "Hey, we don't care what anybody says about us outside of the building. Uh, we know who we are. We 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 expect it to beat the Bills." And I think that's what the attitude is. And I think they expect to beat New England here. I really do. I feel pretty good about it. I do. It's the game of the week. Can't wait to watch. I think this is an unbelievable yep. slate of games. Great card of games. Weekend before Thanksgiving. Yep. Great Thanksgiving. Had, how, how about Thanksgiving? How good is that? I mean, the Thanksgiving games. Thanksgiving is tremendous. Buffalo, Detroit is far more interesting than we ever could have imagined. The Giants and the Cowboys is yep. outstanding. And the Patriot-Viking game is pretty and good. And the Patriots. Yep. No doubt. They did well no with doubt. all three of those games. So. We'll be dialed in. Um, yep. We went heads up in three yep. games last week. I got you in Seattle, you Tampa Bay. I got you in Dallas, Green Bay by the skin of my teeth. And then you got me with the Chargers. I thought I was going to pull off the trifecta. Niners couldn't punch it in on the three-yard line. You deserved that one. To be fair, though, you right, deserved right. that one. If we're being real. So, okay. well, I three, three and two for you. Three and two for me. We both find a way to winning weeks, even with three heads-up games, because you nailed the other two. So now the floor is yours, Joe. You still have yep. the honors. You still got the opening tee shot. Let's get it as you are now 28, 18, and 4 on the year. Indeed. 
I, I, this is, I, I don't know what it is, but I'm very drawn to taking this team in this game. And I'm taking the Texans at home, getting three and a half against these suddenly red-hot Washington Redskins football team commanders, okay? They've won four of the last five, obviously a different team with Tyler Henneke. They're coming off the big win over the Eagles. I mean, I, I, the Texans aren't any good, but I smell a letdown here with Philly. I really, I mean, excuse me, with Washington a little bit. I do. Uh, I'm taking Houston. I don't think Houston's any good. I don't like their quarterback. They don't have a lot to get you to be pumped up about. But you're getting three and a half, so you're getting a hook here. And I think I, I'm looking a little bit as a letdown here from the uh, from the commanders in this game. So I'm thinking I'm taking Houston. In fact, I, I I like Houston in an outright win here. So it's a little crazy pick, but I'm taking the Texans plus three and a half uh, at home against Washington game one. Well, Joseph, we have a family play right out of the gate because I, too, am taking the Houston Texans plus three and a half. It's a short week. The commanders are coming off their win of the year against the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Everyone on the Taylor Heineke train. Everybody on the Washington train, I'm grabbing three and a half with a team that can run the football, a team that's been spunky at home, and nobody wants to bet them this week. Everybody wants to take Washington. Everybody's right, all right. over Washington. Now right. they got a path to the playoffs. Chase Young's coming back. This is the obvious letdown spot. I love taking teams off of a big win on Monday Night Football. That's exactly what you have here. Give me the Texans. We're together on this one right out of the gate. Plus three and a half. And I love the fact that if this is a three-point game, we don't push. We win. Indeed. And by the way, let me just throw this into, did the officials have to throw that flag of Brandon Graham at the end of the game there against in the Philly-Washington game? I Not mean, a great on. call. You know, no. it, it was a terrible call. He didn't know that Henneke was giving himself up. He's basically on his knees of trying to stop from hitting him. And you end the game, the officials, and not that I want to see Philly win. I, I really didn't care. In fact, I wanted to see him lose. But you end the game with that call. That was horrible. I, I, I Something's got to be done about the roughing the passer call. It has to be. Brutal, brutal stuff across the board. But. Yep. Hey, now the 72 Dolphins still could go and pop champagne again, well, baby. Philly, oh, yeah. the Eagles weren't, well, we knew the Eagles weren't going that, This field. wasn't I mean, going to last. I, I don't think you were ever too worried about no, that. No, really. not what particularly. No, not no, exactly. I didn't think so. I didn't think so. All right, so we're, we're, go, we're both going with Houston in the first game. Game two. Now, uh, this is a JJ special. This is the reason I'm t- everything points to the other team in this game. So why is the other team, the favorite on the road. So I'm taking the Cowboys laying the point and a half in Minnesota because this is the typical bookie game that they're begging you to take Minnesota. The Red Hot Vikings coming off the big win over Buffalo. They're 8-1. They're tied with Philly for the best record in the league. Dallas coming off that terrible loss where they blow the two-touchdown lead in the fourth quarter to Green Bay. The whole deal. Give me the Cowboys. This is a J.J. special. Give me the Cowboys laying a point and a half in Minnesota against the Vikings. Well, you ain't kidding. You have been spending a lot of time with me, and you (laughs) nailed it. Because for the second straight play now, we are riding together. It is another family play here in Week 11. You nailed it. The Minnesota Vikings are 8-1. and The Minnesota Vikings had the win of the year 
against the Buffalo Bills. The Justin Jefferson catch, Josh Allen fumbling Thank the football, Minnesota winning in yeah. overtime, and the betting line comes out, and the Dallas Cowboys are favored after losing at Lambeau yeah. Field yeah. a week ago. Minnesota is due to get picked off here. They are due. Now, they've gotten off to a great start. I take nothing away from their head coach. I take nothing away from their quarterback, who has shown me something throughout these games over the course of this year. He's got to prove it in the month of January, as we know. But I just get the sense Dallas will be able to control the line of scrimmage in this game. I think you get a big rushing attack out of them. And the Dallas defense that yucked up a 14-point lead at Green Bay last week, I don't think that's happening again now. So give me Dallas. I'll lay the point and a half. I feel good about it, Joe. We are together. How about that? First two plays. Crazy. Crazy. All right, so we got two family plays right out of the gate. All right, game three, I'm going. I had this team last week. They won for me last week. I'm going back to them this week. Now, it concerns me a little bit that they're playing a division game, but I'm taking the Steelers again at home against Cincinnati. Now, Cincinnati's coming off the bye, all right? The Bengals, you know, in fact, they got the same record they had at this point last year on their way to the Super Bowl. They were five and four. But I'm taking Pittsburgh here. They're at home, division game. They're feeling good about themselves. Nice win over the Saints last week. I, I Look, I, I don't know. This is a close game. I'm getting four. I mean, I could see this game being a field goal game. Uh, Pittsburgh, remember, beat them earlier in the year. opening day. Beat them in a game. The Bengals probably should have won. They blew the extra point. That would have won the game for them. They lost it in, in overtime. I'm taking the Steelers. Uh, T.J. Watt is back. Uh, you know, he was back last week. That's a big plus for them. I'm taking Pittsburgh getting four at home against Cincinnati. Wait for it. This is our third straight family play <laughs> right now. <laughs> and I God, swear. can't be possible. I swear there was no conversation. If anything, you'd think <laughs> I'd look to go the other way because that's how I can make up ground right, in the right. standings. But, hey, I want to win here. We play to win the game. Steelers are a great team to take in this spot. First of all, Kenny Pickett's getting more and more comfortable with each passing week. Yep. That's number one. Yep. Number two, you hit on it. T.J. Watt's return changes a whole lot for the Steelers defense. They had a solid pass rush without T.J. Watt. They have an elite pass rush when he plays. And the way to get after Cincinnati, as you know, is exploit that weak offensive line. They beat up Joe Burrow in the first game of the year. I am a little concerned about the revenge angle. So I don't know if the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to necessarily go and win this game. But it's a division game. They're feeling better about themselves. And, Joe, this line opened at five and a half. Right now it's at four. Market moving with the Steelers, even though a lot of the public tickets are in on Cincinnati. I like that. Steelers are going to keep this a game. I think this is another field goal game, and we're on the right side of it. So I'll take (laughs) the points. We have our third straight family play. Wow, crazy. That's unbelievable. We've never done that before. All right. The fourth, now I got to tell you, I really, really thought long and hard about taking the Lions. So okay? did I, for what it's I, worth. I, I'm I not going to do it, you, but I thought about it. I got, I, I, the re, there's, I, I laid off it. I laid off it because there's been a lot of correlation between the Giants and the Jets this year winning on the same day. I stayed away from that because of that, even though I kind of got a feeling that the Giants are going to finally lose a game to a team they're better than which they haven't done that this year yet. Giants have yet to lose a game to a team that they're really better than. They lost to Dallas. They lost to Seattle in Seattle. So 
they've beaten everybody they should beat. They've beaten a couple teams like the Ravens, the Titans, that maybe they shouldn't have beat. All right? So I kind of look at that game as this is going to be the first game that they're going to lose to a team they're probably better than, and Detroit's red hot. But I'm staying away from it. So with that said, all right, with that said, I'm taking the Panthers in the points, and only because of the points. It's 13 and a half. I don't love that Baker Mayfield starting over P.J. Walker here, okay? But the, but let's be honest. The, uh, Carolina's played a lot better since they got rid of everybody. <clears throat> I mean, I, there's no other way to say it. They're coming off a win over Atlanta. They still actually have a shot in the division because they've won. They've beaten everybody else in their division. Those are the three wins that they have. You're getting a lot of points here. The Ravens are coming off their bye. I, you know, I'm still, I know they're six and three. You know, I'm sure they're going to probably make the playoffs, probably win the division. I still don't know. I'm not sold on how good the Ravens are. They'll win this game, but I could see them winning this game by 10, something like that. So I'm going to take the Panthers and all the points here, 13 and a half, to at least, you know, cover the number, we'll say, against Baltimore. So that's my pick for number four. Well, I can tell you, Joe, I will not be rotting with you on (laughs) Carolina. Now, I'm not taking the Ravens. I had no desire to take this game. Listen, you're going with a trend that has been very profitable this year. Yes. Double-digit underdogs are covering these games left and right, left and right. So if you blindly bet the double-digit underdog, you're probably going to cover and you're probably going to win. So I I have no problem with that pick. Too many points. That's that's my synopsis of it. Too many points. I am going to stay in the NFC South, though. My fourth game, I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons laying three against the Chicago Bears. A couple of different reasons. One, Atlanta extra time to prepare for this game after playing on Thursday night. I like that. Number two, the Chicago Bear defense is abominable. You take away Roquan Smith, you take away Robert Quinn, you've seen the results over the last couple weeks. They've gotten destroyed. Miami destroyed them. Detroit has destroyed them. Dallas has destroyed them. And I think a smart offensive coach in Smith is going to be able to draw up some wrinkles for Mariota. Does that mean Cordero Patterson? Does that mean Kyle Pitts? Does that mean Drake London? Maybe a combo of the three. But at home, the Bears are a very public underdog. That's fine. Justin Fields playing a really good ball. He's probably going to have a big statistical game, but he's going to lose. I'll take Atlanta at home. Only got to lay to three, Joe. I like it. Yeah, that's a good pick. I think uh, I, I I didn't I'm not touching the game, but I I would uh, I would tend to agree with you there. All right, so we finally part ways. The final game I'm taking the Cardinals getting eight in Mexico City against the 49ers. The Cardinals with a big win last week against the Rams. I mean, I'm I'm just not sold on the Niners. I mean, I know they won that game against the Chargers. You know, they were life in debt to win that game last week at home. Um, and I understand, you know, Debo Samuel and, and George Kittle and, and and McCaffrey, and I get all of that. But I, I division game, it's in Mexico City. So, I mean, I think that that's a little bit of a factor here as well. I'm taking the Cardinals. Now, I don't know what the story is on Kyler Murray. I know Colt McCoy played last week. I'm not sure if Murray's playing or not. I don't care if he is or not. <laughs> I really don't. I still like the Cardinals. I think eight's a big number. You know, again, a scenario where maybe the 49ers are going to probably win the game anyway. But uh, I like the Cardinals. I'm getting a nice number to get. Give me the Cardinals plus eight against the Niners on Monday in in, uh, beautiful Mexico City. Watch out for the cartels. So I thought long and hard. (laughs) 
kill me, by the way. You absolutely well, kill I'm just, me. I'm I, just saying, you know, I watch mean, out. Classic. Uh, maybe I'll see if they go on Narcos. Anyway, I thought long and hard about taking your team. I did it when they played the Patriots a few weeks ago, and I put the kibosh on them. So I'm going to respectfully stay away from nice the Jet-Patriot game. So I like the Jets. I think they cover three and a half. I think they win the game, quite frankly. But I am not going to take it as one of my five. What I am going to do, though, is I'm going to take a team that you had last week and a team that I faded last week. I'm taking the L.A. Chargers plus the five and the hook against mm. the Kansas City Interesting. Chiefs. Interesting. I'm going to tell you why. When these teams play, the game's usually back and forth. It's usually down to the wire. And the Chargers find a way to screw it up late. So I, I think that script will probably play out. I think there'll be a lot of points. I think there'll be a lot of back and forth. I think you'll see Mahomes and Herbert kind of going mano y mano, mano y mano. But I'm getting five and a half in a division game when, historically speaking, Joe, these games between these two games have normally been pretty close. I'm fine with that. I'm going with another other dog. I'm going with another home dog. Give me the Chargers plus five and a half. That game has 31-27 written all over it. Interesting. Okay. Good pick. I like it. I like it. Um. So as a final thought, Sunday at around 5 o'clock in the afternoon, will you be celebrating your first win over the Patriots in New England since the can't wait game? You know, I think so. I, I, I really do think so. I think they're ready to, to make the move now. And I think, the, I think they realize the gravity of the situation here. I mean, like I said, it's more than just beating New England. It's taking control of the division, which is just mind-boggling to think. And that's really what it comes down to. First place in the division. I mean, think about it. With seven games to go, the Jets' first place in their division. Are you kidding me? So I think that's even – it almost overrides the, the Patriots. I think, it, I, I think the important – the magnitude of the game is monumental here. Monumental. And I have a funny feeling, Mr. Benengo, that game, the final weekend of the regular season, the Jets and the Miami Dolphins, there's going to be a whole lot on the line, dude. I don't know what yeah. it's for. Division, eight o'clock at night. Eight, eight o'clock at, at night. <laughs> it's what it's going to be. If I won't be baking case. in the sun. Sign me up right. right now. I like it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Interesting week. You got your Dolphins could sit back and. Uh, Relax. They got to buy again next week because they play Houston at home. Wow, already putting a kibosh on the Dolphins next week. Especially if Houston comes away with that win over Washington. How about that? If they do that, you know? Well, we'll be rooting for that. That will be significant to some. Uh, My brother, we will talk to you before the Thanksgiving holiday. Thank you so much. And best of luck to your team. I'm assuming we're going to do Wednesday night for the picks, right? I was going to say either Tuesday or Wednesday. I will let you know. Let me know. I will let you know. The great Joe Beningo. All the love. All of it, bro. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, I'm going to figure out what we're going to do. It might be Tuesday night or Wednesday. I will let you know. By the way, just just for the hell of it, just to throw this in, how about the fact that the Knicks have won in Utah and Denver? I know. They hadn't won in Denver in about 20 years. Um, (laughs) They're talking about... Now, Jokic didn't play. So if we're being fair, Jokic did not play. So what? I mean, you're supposed to throw throw it back? I mean, come on. Everybody's talking... By the way, you can't... You can't fire Thibodeau. Are we gonna? How many goddamn coaches have the Knicks had over the, since Van Gundy left? What about thirty? Uh, too many. Uh, it's too a, many. I mean, you, you just can't. You you can't fire Thibodeau. Are we gonna replace him with Jay Wright? Is that who you're thinking about? No, there's no chance he'd take the job. No, they'd end up replacing him with some nerd. That's what right. they do. Right, with some you know, with with some Steve Nash like guy. Who yeah, total nerd. Exactly. That's what they would right. do. Right. 
So good job, though, by the Knicks winning two games like that. On where any both people had him maybe winning one game out of this five game road trip. So give him credit. Give him credit. Yeah. Not wrong, Joseph. Job well done, right, bro. We'll chat. Go along. We go from the great Joe Beningo to our guy over at the Superbook. Our Westgate extraordinaire, our Vegas extraordinaire, Art the Caesar. Buddy, weekend before Thanksgiving, away we go. What's happening, bro? Yeah, JJ, you know, we're starting to really see these teams kind of separate themselves, some of the really bad teams where you can kind of fade some of these guys. So it's a, a fun time for the NFL. You ain't kidding. Um, Before we do picks, the Buffalo-Cleveland game, the fact that this is now a neutral site game, how much does that change things for you? Well, a couple of things with that. So when we originally had the game, we had it in Buffalo. We had Bills minus eight and a half, total of 47 and a half. Obviously, it got crazy bet down to the under with all the snow, hit as low as 41. You know, we actually took sharp money on the Browns plus eight and a half. So with the move, we've now reopened it. Total went back up. Obviously, they're playing indoors. Total's 48 and a half now. But Buffalo, we have as a seven and a half point favorite. So the reopen is obviously the neutral site bills are going to lose a little bit, not being at home. But also, we've already taken Brown's money. And let me always say this to people always know the house rules at the sports book you bet at. Because for us at the Superbook, if you made the bet, the venue change does not matter. It is action. Some books will refund you, some will not. So always know your house rules when you make a bet. Very interesting. Um, And I would argue, Art, I liked Cleveland. If this was going to be a game with with wind and snow, they can run the ball. The Bills cannot. The fact that this is going to be in Detroit now, neutral site game, no weather to worry about, I think this favors the Buffalo Bills. Do you agree? JJ, I totally agree. And that's why I think the sharp money came in on Cleveland. Because Buffalo can't run the ball. If it was going to be weather and windy, they want to throw the ball. The Browns' strength is Chubb and getting after the passer. So I'm with you. I understand why the early money came in on the Browns. Now those people with the move, they kind of get screwed a little bit. Now the Bills are set up. They're also in a spot at 7.5 where you can tease them. So I think Buffalo is the side now. Okay, my friend. Now, we get to this card. I think a lot of people are going to be asking this question. Why the Dallas Cowboys favored on the road against the Minnesota Vikings who won the game of the year against the Buffalo Bills last week? Vegas knows something there? Is that because Dallas, according to the folks in the desert, is a better team than the Minnesota Vikings? What's the logic to that line? Dallas power rating wise is a better team. That's the way we look at it. Minnesota, listen, give them all the credit in the world. They won that game last week. What a wet, wacky game. Um, they're 8-1. and one. They're one losses to the Eagles. Obviously, that's not a bad loss. But we just look at Dallas. We look at, first of all, the money we're going to take on Dallas. That always factors in. So if you make Dallas a slight dog, you get even more money that comes in on them, plus the money line stuff people will attack. So we just look, as da- look at Dallas better in the power ratings. That's not nothing against Minnesota. That's why that line is Dallas as a short favorite. All right, so for Joe's picks and my picks... We actually have three family plays. We were heads up in three games last week, Art. I went two and one. Thought I was going to pull the Niner game out of my rear end. Didn't happen. Anyway, get Seattle-Tampa. Get the Green Bay-Dallas game. You were a part of that as well. But now we are rotting together 
Pittsburgh, Dallas, Houston, plus three and a half. You have any objections to any of those three? Dallas and Pittsburgh, I love. I think Dallas is the play. Pittsburgh, once again, just like they were last week, phenomenal home dog. Tomlin, 16-3-3 ATS at home as a dog. He's incredible there. Cincinnati can't block anybody. No Jamar Chase. Love both of those. Houston, I get why you guys are taking it. It's home team getting three and a half points. I mean, Washington's been so good, though, with Henneke. It's just, it's kind of hard to go against them. So I think if I had any objection to the three that you guys have, it would be Houston. Okay. And I can understand that from a football standpoint. I just think short week, Washington coming off the Monday night win of all wins, beating yeah. an undefeated team, and now got to go play a one-win team in six days. I get three and a hook. At the very least, Art, I could see this being an ugly, tight, down-to-the-wire game. Maybe where Washington kicks a field goal late to win it. That's what I'm hoping for. All right, so this is where we got to differentiate. I got Atlanta and the Chargers. Joe has Arizona and Carolina. So you like two of the three. Chargers, Falcons for me, Arizona, Carolina for Joe. Where do you stand? Well, looking at Joe's, he's taking some ugly teams. <laughs> I mean, God bless him. I, hey, he wants to take Carolina getting the, the 12, 12 and a half, 13. I kind of can see it. I, I can't go with him on that. I, I mean, they're going to start. I mean, they don't know what, what they're doing there. P.J. Walker, Baker Mayfield, Sam Donald. It really doesn't matter. I think Baltimore has turned a corner. I know it's a lot to lay. Baltimore has been weird with covering spreads this year, but I just think Carolina is done moving on from them, so cannot endorse that one. Arizona, man, it is a big number. It's a divisional game where they're getting a number. It's obviously in a neutral site being in Mexico City. I don't know. Is Murray the quarterback? He might not be. And, and you know, the Niners' defense is really good, and even if it is Murray, they'll probably give Arizona trouble. I can't get with Joe on that one either. As far as yours go, I like Atlanta. I think Atlanta at home's good. I know the Bears have been feisty here, but they lost a heartbreaker last week. Gave that game up when they were up 14. Fields threw the pick sick. It changed the whole game. So I'm with you, Atlanta, especially because it's kind of short three, maybe even two and a half if they're still out there. I can't get with you on the Chargers. I just don't like the Charger team. I know they battled last week, but it's Kansas City. It's hard to go against them. Now, Kansas City, to be fair, doesn't cover any spreads. They never do. They're like 3-5-1 and one against the spread. They never cover spreads. But that was as high as 7. Now it's 5.5-5. Five. I actually think Kansas City's the move there. So because I like Atlanta and I, and I don't like any of his picks, I'm going to ride with you slightly here, just like I did last week. I like the sound of that. All right, now, you have been red hot. I give credit where credit's due. You are seven and three. Your teasers continue to cash left and right. Pittsburgh Green Bay was the winner. What's in store for week 11? Yeah, JJ, you said it. They've been good, man. I've had a good year last year. We kind of got, they got away from us at the end, but I'm going to go with Pittsburgh again. I love Pittsburgh. You're going to let me tease them even more at home. I got to do it. So it's going to be a two team, six point tease. We're going to make Pittsburgh plus 10. I have to do it. I think Pittsburgh can win the game outright, even a little sprinkle on the money line. Not terrible. And then I'm going to have a weird one here. They've had an awful year, but they shouldn't be a dog. And now that I'm teasing them, I'm going to tease the Rams tonight. It's a weird one, but the Saints are bad. They're not that great. This could be anywhere between a three and seven point game. So now I'm getting the nine. Give me the Rams. Two teams, six point teaser. 
Pittsburgh plus 10, Rams plus 9. Real quick before we say goodbye. You had to make a bet on one of the local games. I think the Giant-Lion game stinks with the Giants being favored by three. Can't fade them, though, because I think it's a major coaching mismatch with Dable and Dan Campbell. And then that Jet-Patriot game. You know, I liked the Jets a couple weeks ago. I got PTSD from having money on Zach Wilson. I'm not betting either local game. If I had to play one, though, if you had to play one, let me rephrase that. Which one do you like more? Yeah, totally. And you know, JJ, just look at the games, right? Jets at Pats. It was as high as four. We took sharp money on the Jets getting the four. The Jets defense has been good. But since Belichick has been the coach in New England, they just own the Jets. It just never ends. It happened a couple of weeks ago. I mean, you have to lay three and a half with New England. But I think New England's defense is really good, too. They'll give Wilson a lot of problems. I would actually lay the points with the Patriots. And the giant line is weird. Sharp money came in on the Lions plus three and a half. It's now three. You're getting a better price with the Giants. I'm with you. The coaching mismatch is huge. And there's just something with the Giants. They just win and cover and play well every week. They're at home. This team is rolling. I think lay the points with the Giants, and which I haven't said a lot this year. I've gone against them, but I think the Giants would be the play as far as the local teams go. Arthur Caesar, Westgate Superbook extraordinaire. Thanks for a couple of minutes. We'll chat before the Thanksgiving holiday, my man. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, we will, JJ. And uh, listen, let's uh, win some games and cash some tickets this week. Good stuff. Arthur Caesar, we'll wrap it up with our main man, Jason Katz, from a fantasy perspective. That's next. Before we say goodbye and take you into this weekend before Thanksgiving, the Week 11 fantasy breakdown from our guy, Jason Katz, over at the Pro Football Network. Buddy, it is... By week galore, man, there's a whole lot of streaming going on. Uh, how are you managing right now? Because right now I have a couple of guys starting for me where it's just ugly, 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 dude. Uh, managing with great difficulty. There are some very, very questionable names that are waffling around in terms of who I need to start this week. Uh, interestingly enough, one of them was Dontrell Hilliard, who I ended up not starting. He just scored a touchdown. So that's unfortunate. But uh, yeah, it's, it's tough out there this week. That's normally the way it goes. Big injury we got to talk about, Cooper Cup. I had him in a league. I think he's done for the year. I don't think the Rams are doing anything of substance now. As far as replacing him, impossible to do with the guys they have on the roster. Outside of Allen Robinson, though, Jason, Van Jefferson, Skoranek, where are those touches going to go in Stafford and Sean McVay's offense? I think they're going to go to... Well, I mean, not any one person, obviously, but I think the bulk of the distribution will go to Ben Skoranek because it seems that he is being used more as like the pseudo Cooper Cup type of uh, like replacement. Again, he's not getting anywhere near the level of target shares Cooper Cup, but I actually like him the most out of any Rams receiver going forward. And then the other ones, Tyler Higby, eight targets last week, caught all of them for 73 yards. I think that those two are the biggest beneficiaries. I don't expect anything more from either Allen Robinson or Van Jefferson. So if you're hoping that, oh, maybe we can start A-Rob now the cup is out, no. This changes nothing for me. Do not start Allen Robinson. And Van Jefferson, I mean, we got to see something from him. So I'm I'm not there yet with him either. As far as the Cowboys, this is your team. I have them in way too many leagues. Do we now think it's the Tony Pollard show? Or when Ezekiel Elliott comes back, it's just going to be as frustrating as ever? How is that? Like, will there be a come to Jesus moment for Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy? Or you highly doubt it? I, I highly doubt it. I mean, I, I'd love to be proven wrong about this. 
but we've seen Pollard do this before and they go right back to Zeke. I know we haven't seen it two games in a row. I mean, we're talking about a guy who has totaled 275 yards over the past two games. I, I can't tell you the last time that Zeke combined for that much yardage in the course of two games. Now, I'm not saying Zeke's useless. There is certainly a role for him on the team. Short yardage, goal line. Uh, definitely don't want Pollard in there for 90% of the snaps. But this should be 60-40, 65-35 in Pollard's favor. And I, I think we'll get 50-50, which is probably a, a lot in terms of what it could it could be. But uh, if, if we're looking for anything that's like 75-25 uh, like Pollard, we're not going to get that. And you got to be loving if you have Jeff Wilson on a fantasy roster. I know the Dolphins are on a bye. He looked awesome against Cleveland. He's going to get a ton of carries in that system. I mean, he knows it inside and out. I love, J- Jason, I have him in a league. He's way more valuable now than he was at San Francisco about a month ago. It's amazing the uh, roller coaster for Jeff Wilson. Started off the season, useless. He's just a backup to Elijah Mitchell. No fantasy value. Then <coughs> Mitchell gets hurt. Now Jeff Wilson, feature back, must roster, must start. And they trade for Christian McCaffrey. All right, well, that's it. We, we, can't, we can't use him anymore. Then he gets traded to the Dolphins, and now he's out there outsnapping Raheem Mostert. I think Jeff Wilson is the better back to, to roster for the Dolphins for the remainder of the season. He's an every week RB2. Now it's time to get to some matchups. It's going to be very tricky for you. A lot of bye weeks, a lot of quality players not playing. you got to find a way. Let's start at quarterback. All right. At quarterback, we are going to the local boy, Daniel Jones. He is uh, my local top podcast guest, might I add. Uh, another friend of the program. So this is the first time we've done this. I like this. I like yeah, this. I'm, listen, I know I've been critical of him in the past, as have you. We need to recognize when a guy is playing better, and there's no doubt about it. Daniel Jones is playing a lot better this year. And in fantasy, he's been there. 16.5 points per game is the QB 14 on the season. He only has two QB 1 performances on the season, but he comes with a very high floor due to his rushing. The Lions allow 23.7 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. That is the most in the league. But more importantly, or maybe just as important, they're allowing 41.3 rushing yards per game to quarterbacks. Also the most in the league. And Danny Dives, he's been boogieing a bit. This season, he's averaging 43 rushing yards per game. This is a perfect spot. I just can't see Jones failing this week, but I can very much see him posting a QB one week. He's been good. But we don't need him. We don't need him out there playing 10, 10 on 11, though. So that's key. We need Brian Dable, get his head in the game and make sure Kenny Galladay does not see the field ever again. On the other side, Derek Carr. Carr has been known for his disappearing acts. This could be another one. Broncos allow the fewest fantasy points per game uh, per game to quarterbacks, just 10.8. And Carr is still without Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. I think Devontae Adams is going to see a lot of pats or 10. Matt Collins, he's just not it. This feels like a really bad spot for the Raiders, Raiders so I'm sitting Derek Carr. I like the sound of that. I wouldn't want Derek Carr anywhere near my fantasy lineup going up against that Bronco D. That game has ugly slop fest written all over it. All right, Jason, let's get to running back. All right, at running backs, we're going to David Montgomery. I am still not a Montgomery fan, but he I'm is surprised in- <laughs> you're getting on this wagon, dude. Very, very surprised about this. He's in an ideal spot. And I mean, David Montgomery's been a league winner for two years. Just down the stretch, he just turns it on, whether it's by pure volume or randomness or whatever it is. And sure enough, Khalil Herbert going on IR at the perfect time for Montgomery to reward fantasy owners who drafted him in like the fourth or fifth round. He should be back to a three down roll. Falcons allow the 11th most fantasy points per game to running back. So it's not great, but it's still a better than average matchup. But they allow the 25th most points per game overall. Justin Fields keeps accounting for all the Bears touchdowns. He's 11 in the past three weeks. Regression has to hit eventually. I think Montgomery punches one in this week. Start him. Uh, 
On the other side, I actually don't have a running back to sit this week because I forgot to prepare one. So I'm sorry about that. We're going to go straight to wide receiver. That works for me. Let's get right to <laughs> wide receiver. You don't have a running back for me? Not the end of the world. Guess what? A lot of running backs this week. You got to start them anyway because there are so many damn teams on by for that matter. So if you yeah. have a decision to make, it's probably a good thing. Okay, Jason, wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, I was just talking about starting Dodgeville Hood in the league. That's where we are. It's really tough out there. We're going straight to receiver. We are starting Tyler Boyd. He's been averaging 13.1 fantasy points per game. We still have no Jamar Chase. Steelers allow the most fantasy points to wide receivers, and 72% of their receiving yards allowed go to wide receivers. Caught four balls for 33 yards at a touchdown in week one. Bengals, highest neutral game script pass rate at 69%. They play at the 10th fastest pace. They're coming out of the bye. I think they come out throwing. And Tyler Boyd is the wide receiver, too. I like him a lot this week. On the other side, talked about him already, Allen Robinson. Averaging 7.8 fantasy points per game. His highest single game receiving yards total 63 yards. And as I mentioned earlier, fantasy managers might be compelled to start Robinson with Cup out. Just don't. Ben Skoranek out-targeted Robinson last week. Uh, we got Matt Stafford coming up the concussion. We don't know how he's doing. Rams, they're just a broken offense. I don't know if Marshawn Lattimore will play. Hasn't practiced yet. But if he does, it's more bad news for Robinson. Either way, I'm sitting him. Jason, job well done as always. Uh, we will chat before the Thanksgiving holiday. We got three games on Thanksgiving. We got a full slate on Sunday and a game on Monday. So you got to be working a little bit in overdrive right now, bro, because you're going to have to see me twice in a week, just so you know. Hey, more for the people. I mean, this is this is what we do here. We cover football. We know for 18 weeks or plus the playoffs, another, another 22, 23 total. This is what we got to do. And I love it. And so I, no problem here. I'll be here. When there's a will, there's a way. That's Jason Katz over at the Pro Football Network. Buddy, uh, we'll chat early next week. Later, pal. See ya. Before we say goodbye, Jeff Money, who is ice cold once again. We need to get you going, pal. Let's get it going. Week 11. Maybe you got a couple of family plays with me and Beningo. Let's see. Up, JJ. Jeff Money here with a handicapper picks me for week number 11. Now, last week wasn't too good for me. I was wound up one and four. I'm 21, 28 and one. Money play I lost. I was six and four. You lost your best bet. You were seven and three now in the year and you were three and two, uh, so far for the week, uh, 26, 23 and one. Head to head, I lost against you. I'm four, five and one against you. And the family plays, this is all, you know, with the contest style of uh, the five plays. Uh, family plays, we were one and oh, we won. We were two and seven on the year. As far as, uh, this week, I got my five plays. Money play, I'm going to road team. I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals minus the four. They get revenge factor over the Steelers. Game number two, I'm going to go with my Dallas Cowboys on the road minus the one and a half over the Vikings. Game number three, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills at home minus the eight over the Cleveland Browns. Uh, game number four, I'm going to go with a road team. I'm going to go with the commanders. Going to roll back with them to see if they keep their winning streak going. Minus a three and a half over the Houston Texans. And game number five, a road team. See, after a loss, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. Minus a six and a half over the Colts. Again, my five plays. I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Minus the four. The Dallas Cowboys. Minus the one and a half. The Buffalo Bills. Minus the eight. The Washington. Ten Commanders minus the three and a half, and finally the Philadelphia Eagles minus the six and a half. And everyone can always follow, uh, follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, let's see if we got some family plays. I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. We will be riding together with your beloved Dallas Cowboys. However, we will be heads up in Steelers Bengals. We will be heads up with the Commanders taking on the Eastern Texans. So I can't wish you good luck on those two. Fun show. It's going to be a great Sunday of football.
Giants-Lions. It's going to be better than you think. The Giants are now trying to get to 8-2. and two, But the main event is at Foxborough. Can the Jets do what needs to be done against the team that has had their number in that building for over a decade plus? It's almost two decades. Have not won a game in that building since the can't-wait game. Does that end Sunday? And are we talking about the Jets as a team that has a realistic shot to go and win the AFC East? I think the game is going to be rather telling. We'll be rocking probably Sunday evening. Around 9.30, 10 o'clock, give or take, we will be uh, up, operational, all that good stuff on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Good job by Stefan. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the football. We'll chat Sunday night. Be good, everybody.